All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. I'm Jesse Cofield. It is time for the guys to give us their all-weekend team, taking a look back at everything that went down and who is going to get the honors. So we will start with honorable mention, move to second team, and then finally you guys will give us your first team picks. Gentlemen, take it away. Yeah, the all-weekend team here. Very excited for this one because there's so much to get to usually on the body of a Monday. We want to make sure we celebrate as many people as possible who've been balling out here. His dad's already waving his finger at me. What do well, you want? Mike, I just want to say I'm, I'm proud of you. Jesse prompted you last segment about Notre Dame. You you sounded like you were sitting in a therapist um, a couch just unloading. And I'm glad, I'm glad we could use this as a way for you to feel a little bit better. Because I was worried, too. I, I have the Learfield, you know, booth cam on, and I know you checked scores, and I was waiting to see something get thrown against the wall, and it didn't. And your whole, I mean, you you, you gave me a nice five-minute break there because you just kept going and going, and I just thought your therapist would have earned, earned their money uh, on that one to try and make yourself, you know, at ease a little bit. So am I on your all-weekend team, or is my therapist in this hypothetical situation <laughs> on your all-weekend team based on this performance? Am I your therapist? Always, always, I always your therapist. Yeah, Jesse should be your therapist, okay. but always your therapist because they have to listen to you talk nonstop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's – listen, I have a lot of feelings about this team, yeah. but I have arrived at the zen-like state behind the waterfall, and so I will award myself second-team honorable mention status <laughs> coming off the weekend for being able to process, process this victory like an adult and rationalize by saying we are just third and short offense away from being a much better football team, which is a totally normal not-college-football brainworm thing to say coming off that Notre Dame loss to Louisville. I'm not wrong. You're wrong. Leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to unravel if I'm we keep sorry, pulling at the thread on. too long here. Oh, um, let's get to the first team all weekend pick, Dad. Cooper Cup from the Los Angeles Rams, my pick here. His well, first game mention. back. You said, you said first team. This is honorable mention. Correct? I think honorable mention is my first pick. I don't know. Cooper Cup, honorable mention, all weekend team. Coming off his first appearance of the 2023 season, albeit in a losing effort against the Eagles, which is why he's not higher on this list. But, Dad, they came out 
firing. It felt like he caught every pass on the opening drive of this game. He finished eight catches for 118 yards. We saw the effect it had still opening up passes for Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell on that offense. But Matthew Stafford clearly missed his boy. They got him in a bunch of option routes in the middle of the field. And those two just cooked against a Philly secondary that certainly had some of its struggled this right. year is definitely injured in the slot and had trouble covering that. But it was great to see for Cooper Cup, who the, the headlines we were hearing out of training camp about that hamstring injury and potential nerve stuff were really harrowing. And now he's back on the field and looks balling again. I mean, it was like, just pick up where you left off. The dude Unreal. just gets open. I mean, his inside routes, they're, they're giving him the inside. He's taking the inside. And, and it just looks like pitch and catch. It's stunning how it's just back to normal. Uh, for them, though it, it was a loss uh, against the Eagles on that one. But good to have oh. him back on the field. Although I will say, after seeing this and the way the rest of the NFC is looking right now, I think in the expanded postseason, the Rams are going to be a playoff team. That's uh, the thing I came off the last couple of weeks. I think the Rams are going to find a way in a 17 playoff in the NFC to make the postseason. That looks like a team and has looked like a team that's been a tough out all the way through. I know Aaron Donald didn't have a sack last night and hasn't in his last like five games against the Eagles offensive line. But with the rest of that conference being what it is, I think that team does have what it takes, especially if Cooper Cup's going to keep looking like that in this passing attack I, I agree and a lot of that probably is because of the way the conference looks it's not a strong yes. conference oh, at yeah. all so uh, I would agree there my honorable mention is going to go to Formula One and Max Verstappen Max Verstappen and I always I don't know Jesse if you uh, Qatar Cutter I mean are we accepting different pronunciations uh, is it one for sure I've heard I mean, it both we ways yeah I have I have as well so let's just that's where they were with the race he just needed the sprint race on, I believe it was on Saturday, to lock up his third straight uh, driver championship. He has won 13 of his 16 races this year, 48 races overall. They still have a handful of races to go in the season, and he has already wrapped up his third title. He is about as dominant as you could be in your respective sport as there is in sports right now. I would be hard-pressed to think, I'm, I'm just trying to do it off the top of my head, of any sport out there who's dominant right now that would be more dominant than Max Verstappen. And I can't, nobody comes to mind right now. That dude is absolutely on fire. Uh, so congrats to him for his third straight championship. Max Verstappen's arrived at the UConn women's basketball problem where he's become so dominant that yeah. people have nothing else to talk about other than is he actually bad for the sport, making it as completely unfun as it's been knowing the outcome of basically every race. So that is seems like the existential problem for Formula One going forward, but I think we got the Vegas race coming up here in the near yes, future, and yes. that should at least erase some of that with shiny toys. By the way, let me tell you, if anybody's coming to Vegas in the next week or so, Man, make sure you put time up because there is construction going on here. They are prep. It's going to be awesome, the race out here. But what's going on in the ancillary part of this, of the construction and preparing for it? Wow. Traffic's a mess. Getting to and from the airport's a mess. So if you're coming out here, make sure you have time. I am excited to see how they incorporate the sphere into the race. Yes. As the sphere yeah. they should has have to drive the unquestioned the star. Yeah. Oh, my God. They should yeah. do anything with it. The Sphere has become the star yes, of the Las is. Vegas yeah. Strip. It is incredible. But, Dad, let's get to our second team all weekend picks. I'm going to go with Colts running back Jonathan Taylor, who snuck up on me sitting around on a college football Saturday, and all of a sudden I look up, and Jonathan Taylor's got himself a big, fat payday that we were all never sure was going to come. It was so much animosity between him and Jim Irsay and the Colts this offseason, all these weird cryptic quotes about how if he's gone and I'm gone, the NFL will keep moving on and it'll forget us. 
And three years, $42 million later for Jonathan Taylor, Dad, he gets what he was looking for here. This is a win for Jonathan Taylor, a win for running backs coming off of this holdout, his time on IR, where he came back this weekend, came off IR. Ironically, Zach Moss, his running back roommate, ends up being the star of the show going off for over 100 yards in a win that Gardner Minshew has to step in because Anthony Richardson now looks like he's going to be out four to six weeks with a grade three AC joint sprain in his shoulder after another tough run there. So maybe all the more reason you're glad you signed John Jonathan Taylor to get back for more firepower in that backfield to bolster you in the meantime, dad, this is the right shape of deal for a running back in the NFL right now, dad, just a little bit over in practical guarantees what Derek Henry got from the Titans all those years ago that I maintain should be the model for teams that have young, incredibly productive running backs who they want to maximize in their prime. So I don't know why this deal didn't get done earlier. I don't know where the numbers were. Where they? I'm sure they're close to what the numbers are now, and everybody has decided this is a thing to do at this point. It was a good deal for him, and as he said, he thinks it helps running backs. We'll see. Hopefully their value can go back up. But you're right about Zach Moss and the performance he had. Good for him. That being one of the reasons maybe that backs aren't getting the big deals because somebody else steps in and continues to do a, a decent job there. But happy for him, and as I, as I have been saying all along, I never understood why they didn't get it. They did, though. And, and as I also, even if they did it before the season, he still was going on the pup list, so he wouldn't have been playing. But to have him and Anthony Richardson, though Anthony Richardson is going to have to start watching himself, which is tough to do because his game is when he runs, he's a physical runner, but now twice. Once a shoulder before a head injury when it banged off the turf of missing time. Now he's going to miss some significant time here, it looks like. So how worried about that are you, Dad? Because we've seen what's gone on with Jalen Hurts, right? Who missed games at the end of last year in a season where they ended up going to the Super Bowl dealing with a shoulder injury that lingered through the postseason. He's dealt with injury before and been involved in more designed rushes, Jalen Hurts, I mean, than any quarterback in the NFL since he's gotten into the league. And so for Anthony Richardson and that Shane Steichen offense, we expected more of the same. He's an incredibly gifted physical player. They might have to tailor it some, but that's the offense that you're going to and should run with that player at the helm. As I said, while Lamar Jackson's passing has been better, he's still going going to run the ball Josh Allen is still going to run the ball if teams with a quarterback like that are are going to get where they want to go their quarterbacks including Anthony Richardson are going to have to run the ball now how are you when you run the ball can you avoid some contact you're not going to avoid it all it's the NFL these guys are fast they're going to hit you hard and they're going to land on you uh so it, it it he's in for a career like this where we could see flashes of wow and then say oh man I hope he gets up uh, but that that's that's who he is as a quarterback as he grows into this league. We'll see how the running grows into this league. But they're not going to get where they want to go without him running the ball as well. So they're always going to be able to live it with that. Speaking of running the ball, my, my second team is going to be uh, the brotherly shove and Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, right before half, we see the brotherly shove on the, on the goal line for a touchdown. Uh, actually, Hurts has his most carries in yards, 15 carries, 72 yards. Uh, in this game and this win over the Rams. But we've seen other teams try it, some successfully. Giants actually got two guys hurt on the play. Do you think I, – I, I, listen, you know me. As a former defensive lineman, I can't stand the fact that the, the league has just completely turned a blind eye to helping runners and just pushing them forward. I think it's ridiculous, but also it's for the offense. So we know at this point that's what they're going to do. Do you think there's any chance, any chance – 
that the league outlaws this play? It seems like it's trending that way, which seems lame as hell, because, again, it's one team that's good at it. Nobody else has displayed an aptitude for this at a high level. Dallas did successfully do it once last night, and since we've had a successful one for the Bears, which I wanted to dub uh, the Bear Crawl, and in Chicago, uh, <laughs> so Chicago gets the Bear Crawl. Dallas did it last night. I want to call it the Texas Two-Cheek. So we've got great names for these and the few teams that have been able to be successful, but dead, those have been few and far between. The Giants got hurt because they couldn't execute it at a high enough level. I don't see those as reasons to go out here and outlaw something just because one team is good at it. It's different. Remember league-wide when we saw too many teams, it was an obvious, easy extra point try. It was not a play that felt worth it in football anymore because so many kickers were so good at it right, that they right. backed them up and they introduced a little bit more variability into that play. It's one thing if you ubiqu it's ubiquitous, but it's not. This just seems like Hayton at this point, and Hayton shouldn't be rewarded at the highest levels like the NFL is about to do, bailing everybody out with this play. Well, you know me. I would hope they outlaw it just because as a former defensive player, I hate seeing it, but I, I overall, I would have to agree with you because one team so successful at it is not a reason to outlaw it and say you shouldn't be able to do it. You know, again, it's, a, it's up to the defense to find a way to stop it. And the one thing you can't do, I've seen guys like linebackers or safeties jump over the top to try and get their hands on Jalen Hurts. Well, that's not going to work because now you're in the air. He is just going to, and everybody's going to drive you forward. You have zero leverage to actually stop him going forward if your feet aren't on the ground pushing the other way they're just going to give you a ride for a yard or two yeah you get to go crowd surfing a little bit which yeah. is fun we love crowd surfing in sports do we, do we? this is this is eerily reminiscent dad of in semi-pro the movie with will ferrell where jackie moon throws the first alley-oop in a game and the referee just blows the whistle and it's like you can't do that you just can't do that. Why? Because you can't. That's the only explanation and the only reason we can get so far. Once you got the butterfly effect from the bush push that led us all to this moment, you allowed us fo collective football for those years, this to simmer and stew. And just because they're better at it than everybody else doesn't mean you get to come in and pull the ripcord now, as this does feed into, as we talked about with Jalen Hurts, the most rushes by an NFL quarterback in his first three seasons, Jalen Hurts trails only Lamar Jackson, according to ESPN stats and him. He's ahead of even Cam Newton by multiple rushing attempts, which is saying an awful lot about that team. So keep pushing butts out there. Very fired up Jason Kelsey <laughs> on the sideline during that game, yeah, by the way. Sexy Batman over there. Which it is funny. We spend a lot of time, Dad, talking about coaches. You know, Nick Saban was in the news a lot lately talking about showing players up on the sideline. And the NFL college dynamics totally different. But yes, yes, if is. this had been a coach doing that to players, people would have been mighty uncomfortable. It's a reminder. This is the love language of the sidelines in the NFL where you've got professionals trying to work through problems in very heated environments. Sometimes you get stuff like this. Everybody involved loves each other. Everybody involved there knows what Jason Kelsey is about. But he looked ticked off about something. And I want I know what it is listen uh jason kelsey is about as intense a player as i've ever seen especially up close and personal when i'm doing their games and on the sidelines before and, and seeing him so when he gets that animated you i bet everybody really is kind of like oh wow what the hell happened for him to go off like this and i'm going to stay away from him
and I mean, poor Jeff Stoutland. We always talk about yeah. usually the yeah. thing is you don't put your hands on the merchandise either yes. way. And he was demonstrating a block. He, he wasn't was. physically he was. yeah. accosting yeah. him. Yeah. But Jeff Stoutland, the offensive line coach, who I'm sure that has happened on the practice field exactly. plenty before. And Jeff Stoutland is, is beloved by that group. I would be stunned if it's not Travis Kelsey presenting Jason at his Hall of Fame enshrinement, if it's not Jeff Stoutland being the yeah. one to do that honor. But in that moment there, Jeff's like, oh, this thing. I just like, I know where this is going. I know Jason Kelsey enough. I bet better brace my chest and get ready to go for this. I remember yeah. in walkthroughs in Pittsburgh when I was a rookie there, Marquise Pouncey in walkthroughs, every time would, when we were going through pass plays, he would punch you like he was punching you in a game. And so all of us rookies who had to play scout deem D-tackle when that was going on, you'd be up there and you'd just be tense in your chest the whole time, getting ready to take a punch in the chest from a guy who's an all-pro and maybe a fringe Hall of Famer in his own right. So I know what Jeff Stoutland was going through there, and it's not fun. And and I, I will say, as far as Hall of Fame induction, I do think that that Travis would introduce Jason, but I think we all know that Taylor Swift will introduce Travis. Oh yeah, listen, the Hall of Fame trajectory their relationship <laughs> is on only a matter of time. Welcome to Canton. Oh God, that would be a zoo, by the way. Oh man, I. Oh my God, Dad. Let's get to our first team all weekend picks here. This one was easy for me. The Red River Rivalry. At the Texas State Fair, which is one of my favorite places oh on this gosh. earth. I saw them Why doing food? deep fried fireball shots this Come last on. year, Dad. What are, is there anything fried you wouldn't try? Wait, wait, I mean, wait, wait, the, wait. How do you have a deep fried fireball shot? Is it a. Glad you asked. I saw the picture yep. of it because they do deep fried Coca Cola, they deep fry right. everything, everything down there sticks yeah. of butter, Oreos, pizza. It's heaven on earth. This is the ar- artery clogging Valhalla. Yep for fat people like me, but the deep fried fireball shot was quite literally just a piece of fried dough inside of a fireball shot, which dad, I'm a man with very few limits at the table that might test them there because the thought of trying to choke down something physically like that and also get the shot of fireball in there seems like it's a recipe for a certain gag reflex. If you're not no, careful in that environment, I would, do it. I would absolutely do it without question. I, so I ask both of you, Jesse, I'll start with you. Pick the food you hate the most. Would you try it deep fried? Oh, oh hell yeah. I'm thinking like my mind goes to like liver because I hate, I think liver is disgusting. So like deep fried liver. Uh, I mean, I would try it because I don't like to, I wouldn't like people to say like that I was being lame about it. So I would try right. it, but it would be because of peer pressure. Isn't that like, uh, isn't that Rocky Mountain Oysters, Dad? Isn't that deep-fried bull testicles or deep-fried bison testicles? Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I feel like I would try that. If it's deep-fried, close your eyes, take a bite. Right. Yeah. Oh, God. That's exactly right. Oh, God. It's a delightful combination of flavors. Have a funnel cake. I'd rather just have a funnel cake. Oh, I'm with you there. Nothing like funnel cake. Think think, think of the bellyache you're going to get, though. Deep-fried butter sticks and deep Oh, my God. God. The Texas we, State we, Fair yeah, pushed me physically in ways that I was not ready for because <laughs> no. we went down there and got to be out there around this game with the radio show a few years ago, Dad. But in this game here, one of the most chaotic rivalries in the wow. sport, Oklahoma and Texas playing their last installment of this as members of the Big 12. They're getting ready to shift over to the SEC next year. You saw Greg Sankey was in the house there. Brett Yormark, spite 
uh, refusing to attend this game, the current Big 12 commissioner. But that didn't matter for one Dylan Gabriel, who didn't get to play in this game last year. He was hurt for Oklahoma in a game where they got boat raced by the Longhorns. And, Dad, he comes back this year, 23 of 38 for 285 and a touch through the air, 14 for 113 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown, and orchestrates one of the most memorable final drives in Oklahoma and Texas history to pull off the win in this game, to vault them into the playoff conversation, and vault himself into the annals of history down there in Norman, Dad. That was a gutsy performance from that kid. That drive was unbelievable. And listen, they're a fast-paced team as is, so them going 100 miles an hour is nothing new to them. But the ease of which they went down that field was stunning to me. And what a game. That was That was the best game. I thought of the weekend. It was absolutely incredible. So congrats to Oklahoma on getting that win. My first team is going to go to a man that helped me secure the title in our DraftKings fantasy games we play on Sunday. One Jamar Chase of the Cincinnati Bengals. Jamar Chase, 15 catches, 192 yards, three touchdowns. More importantly, 55 points for my fantasy DraftKings team, which vaulted me to the top. We, we we have to just play out the string tonight, but I will be the winner because of Jamar Chase. So, And, hey, welcome back Cincinnati Bengals offense, which was the worst Ooh. in the league, to Joe Burrow throwing for 317 in this one, three touchdowns, and Jamar Chase, 19 targets in this game. As he said, he's like 7-Eleven. He's always open, and he sure showed it. Hey, listen, man, if you're a wide receiver in the NFL right now and you're not making a stink about not getting targets the way we saw A.J. Brown do and then continue yeah, to yeah. get rewarded for, and now Jamar Chase, do you really even care about being great? Got to ask the question in that case because I think we know what the answer is at this point. The squeaky wheel got the grease. Joe Burrow looked incredible in a way that I think raises the expectation for the Bengals. Back to, huh? Well, they might do this. But coming up next, we will see if any of that expectation lives where dad is in Sin City as we get ready for Monday Night Football here on Gojo and Golan. Hey, dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge, you grab the bull by the horns, you find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice-cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there and you get to that little clubhouse there and they've always got the candy bar options. And I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. 
Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. We have two teams looking to recover from losses on Monday Night Football. We got the Packers visiting the Raiders. Raiders one and a half point favorites at home in Vegas. As for what to expect in this one, we had two of the worst running teams in the league, which is fine. That's fine, right? Because all eyes are going to be on the passing game. They are both questionable, but we might get a Devontae Adams versus Jair Alexander matchup, and it is extra spicy, fellas, because Devontae Adams is playing Green Bay for the first time since leaving the Packers. And, you know, he's got a few things to say about how things ended with his former team, and it might not be what you think. Yeah, I mean, we, we ended in a good place. Um, I still, not frequently, but I still speak to, you know, the front office guys over there. I checked in on Matt in the offseason, hit him on his birthday. Um, all the coaches over there, I love the ones that are that are still there. So, um, you know, the players, obviously, they understood the situation as well. So it wasn't some big, crazy breakup that people thought it was. Obviously, there was, um, it, it felt like it just because everything seemed good a week ago. And then, it, you know, obviously, I was gone. But uh, a lot of love and respect, mutual love and respect uh, between the, the, the Packers and I. Setting the record straight wasn't some big breakup that everybody made it out to be. Yeah, definitely the thing you say when it definitely 100% wasn't a big, tough breakup <laughs> where everyone felt weird about it on the backside there. That being said, Dad, I mean, going into this game, and you're going to be on the call for Westwood One tonight, you and Ryan Radke uh, getting set to go there uh, in Sin City. This is an interesting one because it's going to be, hey, is Jair Alexander healthy enough to go? Right. Are a lot of the Green Bay Packers healthy enough to go in this game tonight as on both sides, Jimmy Garoppolo coming out of the concussion protocol, these are beat-up teams in key areas that have so far undermined a lot of their attempts for success this season. Yeah, and, and I'm doing just a quick thing. Uh, I'm doing the game with Kevin Harlan. It's a Monday night game. I do this Oh, Sunday my night. mistake there. Oh, uh, Ryan Kurt, cheating on Ryan a little bit. Kurt Warner called the uh, London game, so that's usually is with Kevin, so I'm going to jump with Kevin uh, this time around. But you're right. This is, you know, injuries. Jair Alexander's got the back. Devontae Adams has the shoulder, so they're both a little nicked up already. A couple of players, uh, Devondre Campbell and uh, Zane Anderson out for this game. Campbell already missed a couple of games. But Jesse mentioned it, the, the running attacks, you would think both these teams, you had two years ago, the leading, or last year, I'm sorry, the leading Russian league in Josh Jacobs, who has more receiving yards than rushing yards this year. Is the only back, by the way, this year that has over 150 rushing and 150 uh, receiving, and uh, what he has done. Uh, but but that's stunning to me. And then you get Aaron Jones back after missing a couple of weeks with the Hammy, and he runs like five times for 18 yards. So the running attack not going at all. And Garoppolo, as you mentioned, back uh, after the concussion, so he'll be out on the field. With Aiden O'Connell, the rookie from Purdue, got the start last week. And Jordan Love, who started out strong in his first couple of games, has not been too good in his last couple of games. He's been horrible in the first half. This has been a second-half team. Hence, when they were down, what, 17-zip, um, and they come back and win 18-17. Was that against Washington, I believe, or, or New Orleans? I'd have to uh, we'll look at that. Uh, that was against the Saints. Yes, yeah, against the Saints. So they have been a second-half team. They need to get out of, out of the gate a little stronger. And – Quite honestly, they might be able to do that against a Raiders team who has not been very good offensively and not been very good defensively. So these are two teams trying to kind of right the ship and get going in a certain direction, and they haven't been able to do it how they've normally done it. Because you think, again, of running the ball and Devontae Adams uh, passing to him. Now, Devontae Adams is getting his, but they have no running game to speak of. 
And I've been really stunned at the lack of running a game. Now they have, as I said, been missing Aaron Jones, but he did come back and they still aren't running the ball very well. Well, the, for the Packers, I think so much of this points to you were expected to be a team led up front by your offensive line during this change. And David Bakhtiari now on IR, and it sounds like going to need another surgery and probably going to be done for the year. He's done. And then, he is done for the year. Yeah. yeah. You have the other guys, Elton Jenkins, John Runyon, Zach Tom. You have well, I mean, and Elton Jenkins is the second best yeah. offensive lineman on this team when healthy. Now, he was back practicing this week, but yeah. he's missed the last couple of games. He's incredibly versatile. And, Dad, once that group got compromised, I think that's where the struggles really started for this Green Bay team. Now, you get someone of a reprieve on the other side. Max Crosby lives there, so certainly that's a threat in the pass game. But it really, both these offensive lines sort of limping into this one quite literally. The Raiders last week gave up six sacks to Khalil Mack at a revenge game for the ages that looked dreadful. So you've got everyone limping into this. And dead for the coach, Josh McDaniel, feels like there's a lot of pressure in this game because we've talked about and on this show the decision-making – in the Los Angeles Chargers with Brandon Staley. But with Josh McDaniel, decision-making in his games has also been a huge red flag so far this season for a coach that's trying to justify continued opportunities as a head coach for him in this league that so far he's spit the bit on. Yeah, uh, and and I think I think we all agree that this is going to be his last stop as a head coach if it doesn't work out. You know, he's had the other stop in Denver and now here with the Raiders, and it's certainly not going well sitting at one and three. They thought bringing Garoppolo in again. I think the the third highest winning percentage uh, in the regular season since he's been in the league, uh, and it's just it's just not coming to fruition here at all. A lot of grumbling going on uh, out here in Vegas with how the team is playing. And Green Bay, you know, they already have one. I believe they, they beat the Bears. They've lost uh, to the to the Lions already. But they're sitting at two and two. They know this a big game for them from a, a, a staying in contention in their division standpoint. The Raiders are not going to be. The Packers have a chance to be because while we all love uh, what Detroit is doing and how they've really turned the arrow up, it's not like it's a dominant or I guess they're trying to get there. But that that division still is not a dominant division. So the Green Bay is trying to trying to stay within within fighting distance of that one. And again, in that wild card picture where we talked about, I do think a team like the Los Angeles Rams going to be live dogs in the right. NFC. And so those are the things you're going to have to contend with in a lot of these divisions here, Dad. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, slight favorites according to ESPN's football power index here. Uh, I need to see the line on this one. I don't have it right in front of me. Right now, the Raiders are a one-and-a-half-point home favorite in this game. So just getting that edge there that I think comes with having Jimmy Garoppolo back. And, Dad, we saw clearly last week the gulf between Aiden O'Connell, who was a preseason star, who probably still has a chance to hang around in this league and be a productive player. But in a game where you're sacked six times, you don't really have a chance to get up off your ass and do anything. This is still an area where we expect the veteran capability of Jimmy Garoppolo to shine, even if we have seen that, hey, life outside of that Kyle Shanahan umbrella, not the most fun thing in the entire world. World. Well, I mean, they were also a team that, you know, one week it's Jacoby Myers and another week it's Devontae Adams, understandably so. But really, Hunter Renfro has not been largely involved. Michael Mayer, uh, the tight end they got in the second round, only has a couple of catches. Uh, he hasn't been really involved. And you keep hearing the coaches talking about, we need to get more people involved, more people involved, and yet they don't. They haven't done it. Now, last week is tough, as you mentioned, with a rookie starting and Aiden O'Connell being on his butt most of the time, thanks to Khalil Mack. Uh, it's been difficult to do, but what's also help would help is any kind of a semblance of a running game at all, which they're not getting. As I mentioned, Josh Jacobs more receiving yards and rushing yards, so he's been nice out of the backfield catching the ball. But they need to get 
a running game going to help out Garoppolo. It's been a total abandonment of what their identity was last year. And I get it with the pieces involved that you mentioned. If I had Devontae Adams on my team, I'd want to throw him the football too. You know how bad it's got to be. Devontae Adams had, what, 175 yards receiving in their last game? And he still sounds upset about what's going on around there because he realizes and can see the writing on the wall. Like, Dad, if they lose this game at home, we're going to add Josh McDaniel's name to one of the coaches on the midseason hot seat that we talk about here. Brandon Staley, people can say what they want about the decisions or question them. The team's found a way to win, and coming up this week has what has the potential to be one of the more chaotic games known to mankind when they welcome the Dallas Cowboys in after that ass-whooping for a Kellen Moore revenge game. But in the meantime, you're going to have Ron Rivera mentioned in that breath, and you're certainly going to have Josh McDaniel talked about in that breath if things keep up this way. Listen, there's a chance this could start to spiral right and as i said first half is key that's usually when green bay can get got but they do have the ability in the second half to come back so even if they're down don't count them out but so let's see what happens in the first half can green bay actually jump out and do something early on in this game we'll see but i'm with you sitting at one and three with uh one and four staring at them in the face for the raiders this could absolutely start to spiral i already heard Devontae adams say basically basically you're, you're wasting my years Yes, I'm the top receiver around here. You know, it ain't happening right now, and this ain't good. So, and and as we've talked about many times, no new players are showing up. So how do you write the ship with what you got? That's a great question. Coming up next, we'll try and write the ship with Kenny Albert, fresh off a trip across the pond as he gets set for two seasons colliding. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., and very excited to welcome in our next guest, Kenny Albert, joining us here fresh off of some NFL action this weekend. Fresh into some NHL action coming up as we get ready to start that season on Tuesday. He'll be in Boston Wednesday to open things up there, but also promoting a book, a mic for all seasons, my three decades announcing the NFL, NHL, NBA, MLB, and Olympics, to which I say, (laughs) Kenny, you didn't feel like adding anything else. It seems like you left a little bit of meat on the bone there. Well, first of all, guys, thanks for having me on. And and I was so excited to include you guys in the title, a mic for all seasons. Honored, oh, well truly. Done. It means a lot well that you would I, recognize I, the greatness of the top baby name of all time. I, I have to imagine that I think another sport you'd want to add to your resume is when the pro pickleball tour starts, that you would be the play-by-play for that to really add to the resume. You know, it's funny. Uh, somebody mentioned that last week as well. It's one of the sports that's not on the resume yet, but 
um, you know, aside from the sports that are on the cover, uh, one sport that I was once assigned to that, um, you know, I studied and, and watched uh, prior events, but felt like I had no idea what I was watching was college wrestling. This was about 30 oh. years ago. And I, I had a great color analyst, so he carried the night. There you go. It's, what is the approach going into that, especially as you're getting in? And you talked about this is over the course of three decades. You've got so much experience in so many of these fields now. But what was there a sport that was the most daunting to you when you first started getting into this and first started doing the job at that level? Well, I've been very fortunate to be involved in so many different sports. And growing up, following football, hockey, basketball, and baseball closely, um, but have been assigned through the years to some others that were definitely more challenging. I've done some boxing through the years and, and, uh, there's no ball or puck. So that's, that's a lot different than the others. And you also want to get a lot of your information, your, your good notes in early because it could end at any time. Right. So you can't <laughs> kind of spread things out over 12 or 15 rounds, but, uh, was assigned to track and field and, and, and then volleyball at a couple of Olympics by NBC and, um, really loved the challenge. And, and this is a true story. I went out and I bought track and field for dummies. I bought volleyball for dummies. I would try to speak to as many people as possible, watch prior events. And before the 2022, uh, summer Olympics, when I called, uh, beach and indoor volleyball, and this was also off monitors during the back end of the pandemic, I was not actually there. We were up in Stanford, Connecticut. So that, that added to the challenge, but I actually sat down with our local high school volleyball coach uh, at the high school where my where my kids had attended, and I said, uh, "Can you fill me in on on the strategy, the rules, the lingo, the history?" And that was that was as helpful as anything that I had done because in in that ninety minute session, I just learned so much about it. But you rely a lot on the people around you, and I love the variety. So whenever I am assigned to a new different sport, it's it's a challenge that I enjoy. Uh, it is amazing all the different sports you called. And for Mike and I, who are on the other side, we're, we're the analysts, and we only do our sport of football. So it's way easier for us. So I ask this. I'm sure you've been asked this. Of all the sports you do, which is the toughest play-by-play sport? You know, it's funny, Mike. I get that question a lot. And most people would assume the answer is hockey because yes. of the speed, the quickness, the line changes during play. Uh, the names, right? A lot of the European, Russian, you know, players from Sweden, Finland, et cetera. And I've worked six Winter Olympics on the hockey side, men's and women's. So, uh, you know, that's certainly a challenge learning all the new names. But to me, the actual play-by-play call of hockey is the easiest, maybe because I've done it longer uh, than any other sport now, over 30 years. Um, the the puck's in action the entire times. And, and I go back and forth between radio and TV. So on radio hockey, you're just you're calling the action for 60 minutes. You're describing the play. Um, the TV you could pull back a little bit, give more time for the analysts to come in. Basketball is similar. It's slower, but it's 48 minutes. The ball's in action the entire time. More stoppages with fouls and, and the ball going out of bounds. Football is the most rhythmic. It's one play, and then it's 20 or 25 seconds. It's another play, and then it's 20 or 25 seconds. Now, when I worked in a three-person not Booth because Goose was down on the field, but when I worked with Moose and Goose, Daryl Johnston and the late great Tony Saragusa for eight years, um, Goose's mic was open at all times. So we couldn't see him. He couldn't see us. But I was always amazed at how uh, little that they actually talked over each other, stepped on each other. Uh, I would I would set up the play, call the play, quick recap, and then get out of the way uh, for my two partners. 
with a two-man booth or two-person booth, it's a little bit easier. Baseball, to me, is the most challenging. I only do about 10 or 12 games a year, so you're not really in the rhythm as if you were a team broadcaster working every night. And there's so much downtime between pitches and between batters. Now, this year it changed a little bit with the pitch clock. I thought it was great, you know, from a broadcast standpoint. It moved a lot faster, and uh, you didn't have as much time to fill because in a typical baseball game, the ball's only in play for about eight or nine minutes. So there's a lot of downtime as opposed to the other sports. It's incredible. There's going to be so much great information in this book. Again, everybody needs to make sure they check this out here. Uh, a mic for all seasons, my three decades announcing the NFL, NHL, NBA, MLB, and the Olympics. Speaking of calling football, you were on the broadcast this weekend for the Dolphins and Giants game here. Coming away from that, Daniel Jones taking even more hits in this one. How worried should Giants fans be about the trajectory of their current quarterback? Right. I mean, you look at the last two uh, games, Monday night against Seattle and then yesterday in Miami, Giants offensive line just decimated with injuries, and and you feel so bad watching uh, Daniel Jones, and he got hurt in the fourth quarter yesterday as well, suffered a neck injury, came out of the game, but he was sacked 10 times on Monday. Uh, the Dolphins had seven sacks yesterday, and Saquon Barkley didn't play for the third straight game, so, you know, it's a team that went to the playoffs, obviously won a road playoff game last year in Minnesota, had such high hopes heading into this season. Schedule didn't do them any favors with, with Dallas, San Francisco, Seattle, Miami for the first five weeks. But with with the three starters out on the offensive line, and then yesterday during the game, two other offensive linemen were injured, came out. One of them came back in. So you definitely have to feel for Daniel Jones. Um, you know, defensively, they did force three turnovers. They didn't have any takeaways over the first four games. So uh, that, that kind of kept them in the game for a while. They had the big interception return, 102 yards for a touchdown late in the first half. Uh, but Miami on the other side, just so impressive, their offense. We met with them on Friday, sat down with uh, Coach McDaniel and Tua and some of the others. And, you know, I talked about baseball speeding up with the pitch clock, the speed of the Dolphins yesterday, you know, oh. watching Tyreek Hill, uh, Devon Achan with the 76-yard touchdown run, Jalen Waddle. I mean, it was just incredible. When you look at their numbers, you know, record setting over the first five weeks, most yards ever. They broke the – 2000 Rams had the most yards over the first five games, and uh, they have a huge one coming up against Buffalo this coming Sunday. Yeah, in incredible speed on that team. You're right. Uh, only got about a minute left, Kenny, and I always wonder in all the different sports you do, especially the names you say in hockey, has there ever been a name you just really had the most trouble getting? Well, a quick story. The Olympics, um, I, was, I was a late addition to the roster in 2002, found out about 10 days before. And one of the first games was USA-China women's hockey. And they handed us pronunciations about five minutes before the game on the China side. Fortunately, the goaltender was nicknamed the Great Wall. She stopped about 70 shots in that game, let in 10 or 11 goals, but she was tremendous. So um, we went with the nickname on that one. Uh, there are a lot of challenging ones. I think the biggest, I talk about this in the book, there, there are players in every sport where the name changes from one year to the other. And we've sat down with players and said, you know, how do you say your name? How does your mom say your name? Uh, Rich Seibert, a former offensive lineman for the Giants. You know, sometimes it was Seibert. Sometimes it was Seibert. John Tavares, a uh, great hockey player with Toronto. For years it was Tavares. Then all of a sudden it was Tavares. So, um, you know, back and forth on pronunciation. Some of them are pretty tricky. Uh, but, you know, we write them down phonetically and, and hopefully they come out uh, correctly on the air. You mentioned the biggest key there. 
whenever you got a polysyllabic name, you pray to God there's a nickname. You Absolutely. get through it once, and then you ride the nickname yep. until the rails fall off for the rest of the night. It's uh, it's incredible. Kenny, we can't thank you enough for giving us some time. Best of luck as you've got to navigate both of these seasons and worlds colliding here. And everybody, make sure you check out the book, A Mike for All Seasons, my three decades announcing the NFL, NHL, NBA, MLB, and the Olympics. Thanks so much, Kenny. We'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks, Mike and Mike. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Kenny. Uh, Dad, it is always the thing I am most in awe of. You're right. As we sit in our chairs, the you know, meathead tape grinders, and I watch these guys go from sport to sport in the midst of all of it, wondering how they keep it all together. It's incredible. Coming up next, we'll talk about dominance in Las Vegas on the hardcore next. Brought to you by Wrangler. Jeans, shirts, and jackets made for the ride of life. Be ready for those cooler days and longer nights and styles that are going to keep you warm and comfortable, moving, and looking great no matter where you are. You can wear Wrangler jeans literally anywhere, at work, out at night, playing a pickup game with friends, or at home, watching the game on TV. They're that comfortable and that durable. And there's Wrangler shirts for every occasion, casual tees, snaps, and button-ups, or layer them together for a little bit of both. And don't forget the iconic Wrangler jackets. When the weather starts to chill and you need to venture out, Wrangler will keep you ready for anything. So add some Wrangler to your getup with jeans, shirts, and jackets that look great, fit great, and move great so you're always ready for whatever life throws at you. And save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order when you use promo code GOJO15. Wrangler, for the ride of life. Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIC. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Time to wrap this thing up the way we always do. This, that, and the third. Three quick stories to send you off on in your day. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us that five-star rating. Check out anything you missed. Our thanks to Kenny Albert for joining us, promoting his book, getting ready to go uh, for the NHL season, the NFL season. If you missed that, the whole interview is on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. But, Dad, Jesse, let's start off with this. The Vegas Golden Knights unveiling their stanley cup champion rings they put out on the tweet it's here and it is beautiful the 2023 stanley cup champions have a ring that contains 12 carats of white and yellow diamonds and the feature that we see often now on championship rings that i love has become sort of ubiquitous it's got the detachable top that can one be worn as a pendant with the words it's nighttime on the back great pun and when remove also has a replica of t-mobile arena where they play their home games inside that's probably my favorite new innovation of rings dad i love how gaudy and stupid these things have gotten i love the idea of wearing a championship ring that has 
unavoidable to the human eye as you go off into the rest of the world. But to have this one that is now one multi-use, but two also has the really cute little diorama inside to me is exactly the kind of technological advances we need to be making around sports. Well, I, I like the fact that they do something that then you can wear it. And, and most notably, like I'm just thinking of my situation that, that, you know, your mother could wear that because nobody's wearing these rings out unless they have an appearance somewhere, right? Because they look like trash can lids with millions of diamonds all <laughs> you over wouldn't, them. You wouldn't wear it out all the time after no. you first got it? Oh, my no, God. you think I, I wanted would... to get rolled as I'm trying to get into my car and someone just cut my finger off and take my finger and the ring? No, hell no. So what I like is the fact that it's de detachable and dependent so your significant other can actually wear the pendant. Yeah, that's and cool. And it could be it could be worn out. I you, think that's you really You wouldn't wear cool. the pendant? I'd wear the pendant. Why are you giving no. it to mom so quickly here? You don't, am, so you're telling me a no. man who spent his whole life in pursuit of a championship that ultimately eluded you, if you achieved that great moment and you got to the mountaintop and you had the hardware that yeah. you'd be like Jason Kelsey losing it in a sock somewhere? No the, way. The, the hardware is not the important thing to me. I, that thing I would, Mike, you see me, I bear, I wear a watch and a wedding ring. That's it. I don't wear anything more than that. Listen, there are three rings I wanted in my life. A wedding ring, a national championship ring, and a Super Bowl ring. I got one. I hit 333 on that one. But I, I am not that person that wears that kind of stuff, especially when it's gaudy like these championship rings are. And I get it. They should be, all the diamonds and everything. But I, I kind of dig the fact that you could detach something and somebody else could wear it. No, I would wear it at appearances and things like that. Other than that, that sucker would be in a sock drawer just like Jason Kelsey's. Jesse, you noticed my dad said he batted 333 and he said, I got a ring out of it. He didn't say he got the most important ring out of that. Man, makes Don't you wonder. No. Your wife saw Man. that. You better. Well, I mean, I mean, you're the one starting trouble here. You're writing checks that your ass has to cash. Speaking of go gaudy, home. you know, there's a lot of jewelry stores in Vegas. You may need to pick something up for the wife. Listen. We've been married 36 years, and I think we're past the point of trying to figure it out if it's going to work or not. Yeah, no, the God, the thought of you being back out in your own. Hold on for oh. dear life. If my if my mom left my dad, he'd be dead inside a week. Like truly, I, mean, I just I, I don't know how you would feed or clothe or get anywhere. The no, I mean, you wouldn't be able to access I, any of your money I because could, if you tried to sign a check at this point, the bank would call fraud. Yeah, I would be out of money. I can feed and clothe myself. I I, I can do that. But I would never, I never meet anybody else unless they came to my couch and were watching Netflix with me. That'd pretty, pretty much be it. That's cute. Oh, uh, you know, that's, <laughs> the, that's that sounds like true love right there. Um, speaking of jewelry in Vegas, there's another team that might be in line for this pretty soon here, Jesse, as the Vegas Aces stormed out to a hell of a start in the WNBA Finals. Yeah, Finals are underway, and like you said, 99-82 uh, in Game One, we got two super teams. Uh, uh, out here, and the Aces are just dominating so far. And the celebrities showed out for this one, guys. LeBron James, Tom Brady, he obviously has an ownership stake in the Aces, and then Mark Wahlberg were among the celebs uh, out there. And, you know, Senior, you said you didn't run into any of these guys in, in Vegas in any of the, you know, you didn't see anybody in the lobby or anything like that? I, I didn't, Jesse, but I, I do. The light is blinking on my phone, so I'm wondering if there's a message from one of the guys. Oh, me, it's probably come Tom. On down. Maybe yeah. I missed that. Maybe I got in too late, uh, mm -hmm. so I didn't get the message from the guys. Could you imagine if I was walking, as I was going in the casino last night, if I'd have seen LeBron, Tom, and Mark all in like the high roller room? 
I, I don't know if any of them gamble, to be honest with you, but it still would have been a sight. It was just like when I was in Tahoe for that golf event, seeing some of the power guys sitting in the high roller room, which I couldn't even walk into because of the minimum you had to put down on the table. But these guys would be pretty interesting because of all the money they have of watching them get after it. Oh, yeah. It's it's that kind of celebrity event right now. And obviously Tom Brady's got ownership stake in the aces, like you mentioned, Jesse. But this is a big-time matchup. We talked about the two super teams that are meeting out here, Vegas winning the opening stanza of this. But, Dad, you look at the stretch that Vegas has coming up right now between the aces right now in the WNBA finals, right. Monday night football tonight in Las Vegas, and then the NHL season opening up there this week as well. It is a action-packed event as Vegas has become the center of the sports world in a lot of ways. And, and the worst sporting event in all that may be the game I'm doing tonight <laughs> with the Raiders <laughs> compared to the aces and compared to the Knights. Uh, I mean, just a bit. And all, how about these games? These are the two super teams. This is now the sixth time they've played Four in the regular season, one in the Commissioner Cup final, and this one, they've all been blowouts. I mean, they are two super teams. I would, I would hope we get some close games, let alone a close series. They've all been blowouts. And we've seen that. That's such a unique thing to basketball. I feel like in a lot of times, I remember a lot of those finals between Golden State and the Cavaliers, you'd have games that would go or series that would go six or seven games, but they'd be 15 to 20 point blowouts within the body of each of those. And so it, that's kind of been the way it's gone. And Dad, you know this. I mean, we've seen this quite frankly in the NFL where when you've got two extremely talented teams, all it takes is a couple of mistakes early for the dam to break and for things to really get out of hand. The game script goes crazy, and you can get a team that piles and pours things on here the way that both of these teams have done at different junctures. So uh, I'm sure by no means uh, by no means over because of no. all that firepower on the Liberty, but uh, definitely a tough start there for the team coming from out of town as again we get set to kick off aces yesterday monday night football tonight and the vegas knights defending stanley cup champion season owner op opener coming up tomorrow but jesse not the only postseason events that we've got going on right now let's get to the third as we get a little bit of revenge game going on in the major league baseball postseason yeah carlos cray he's back to his heroics but this time it's against his old team bum, bum, bum. he had three hits three rbi in minnesota's game to win over the astros he's performing the way we like to see him perform in october and guys with these stats he has now passed Derek jeter and David Ortiz to move into a tie for third all-time on the playoff RBIs list with 63. Pretty impressive stuff going on, guys. It really is. And Carlos Correa was the one. He had the whirlwind offseason with yeah. his free agency where it was the will he, won't he sign that ultimately landed him in Minnesota for this opportunity here, Dad. And just in general, you look up at the scoreboard in Major League Baseball's postseason right now. That series tied 1-1. But the Baltimore Orioles that we were on here talking with Jared Carabas about a while back, down 2-0 to the Rangers in their current series. The Philadelphia uh, Philadelphia took a 1-0 series lead over Atlanta. Arizona getting ready to play one against the Dodgers out here tonight at Dodger Stadium. They lead that series 1-0. And so a lot of teams flipping the script on what we thought would be the power brokers in this postseason. We had three 100-win teams this year in order of wins. Atlanta 104, Baltimore 100, 101, and the Dodgers 100. And they are over in their games right now. As you mentioned, Texas, a 2-0 lead on Baltimore. Uh, the Phillies and Arizona, 1-0 lead on Atlanta. And the Dodgers, they both play tonight. So we'll see if Atlanta and L.A. can even up that. Because we've talked about it. And when we had Jared Carabas on, if Atlanta doesn't, 
pay this thing off. As I said, if they win the World Series, it might be relief before joy. Yeah. And to considering where they are, that if they can't pay this off, of what, how dejected it, what, what a bummer that would be for them. Uh, that's, I mean, honestly, the feeling it felt like for the Dodgers way back when. And yeah. man, speaking of the Dodgers, felt for Clayton Kershaw. That guy oh just gosh. cannot get the postseason monkey off his back in so many ways. Such a Hall of Fame career, but another brutal outing in the postseason for one of the best to ever do it. They will try and right that ship tonight. We will try and get better overnight as well. Dad's going to see if he can go call this game without losing my inheritance at the blackjack table. <laughs> Download, subscribe, rate, review. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow.